focus. Hello there to you. It's Troy Stockton with another Rural Focus podcast. Hopefully today's going well, wherever you could be. Listening to this podcast today, on the show today, a WA pastoralist. Well, this lady is calling for safer traffic control measures at level crossings here in WA. Not just in WA, but Australia-wide, but would love to see it updated here in WA. So with a lot of other people too, uh, we're going to catch up with Lara Jensen very soon on today's podcast. Uh, also too, some uh, great news where molecules have been found in, in fungi. The same ones, believe it or not, found in cholesterol medication. Could this be a bit of a game changer for the industry? I sort of tend to think it will be. Anyway, we'll catch up with the man behind it very soon. But speaking of the man behind things, with the Southwest Report from Nutrient Livestock, here on today's podcast, how are the sales going in the southwest of WA? Let's find out. Time right now to say hello to Chris Wallingham. Uh, yeah, we had uh, 197 cattle yarded at uh, at Vine up yesterday, so we're slowly uh, getting a few numbers together. And look, uh, quite a solid market yesterday. Our offering primarily comprised of Frisian steers and cows, with the odd uh, the odd lightweight yearling in in the market. But um, yeah, dairy steers five to six hundred kilos sold from 290 to 316 cents. Uh, export beef steers five to six hundred kilos to 386 cents. Four to five hundred kilo yearling beef steers at four hundred and thirty four cents, and store yearling heifers between three thirty and four hundred kilos to four hundred and forty six cents. Just a small smattering of uh, of new seasons calves mm. steers between two eighty and three thirty kilos to five hundred and fifty two cents a kilo. Not a lot of money, but probably lacked a little bit of class there. Uh, under 280 kilos, these were dry, but made 614 cents a kilo. And little heifers between 280 and 330 kilo, they were little Angus heifers at 520 cents. Uh, we didn't have any score three, four cows. They were all big, heavy girls, uh, score fives, and they made 336 to 348 cents yesterday, up to $2,890, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Top top weight of 858 kilos, so big cows. Uh, one bull in the market over 600 kilos, he was 290 cents, and then had a classy little younger bull um, under 600 kilos. Uh, he made 374 cents a kilo. So there you go. That was the uh, result from there yesterday. And uh, store sale Friday, mate? Yeah, mate. First Friday of the month, we've got our, uh, our monthly store sale at Boyne Up. We've got a 9 a.m. start. We've got a change of fixturing uh, for the for the summer. Is that and due to over-east? Uh, no, that's, no. Um, it's due to a number of factors, but, uh, you know, primarily uh, welfare of, of livestock, et cetera, yep. and we're, yep. we're trying to keep them uh, out of the heat going okay. through um, through the summer, et cetera. So we've changed our, our plan, and uh, that's that's been out in then various forms yep. of media. Yep. Um, so we've got the yeah, we've got the first of them on Friday, which we're we're looking forward to for a yeah, nine AM start on Friday. All right. Thank you, Doki. Twelve hundred cattle in the yarding. Um, so it should be a full yarding and uh, pretty handy cattle in too. Friday, uh, is it online as well, mate, or you gotta be there? Yes, it will be. Yep. Okay. Yeah, right. certainly will. So it looks like you've got a busy Friday ahead, mate. A uh, bit of rain in your neck of the woods too, mate. So that's probably keeping uh, the farmers down your way a, a little happy. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think I think uh, most of us were hoping for, for sort of an inch or so, but mm. we've got yeah, eight or nine or ten mil or something like that. Okay. Maybe a little bit more to come. Right. Can't control it, can we? So we'll, uh, uh, we'll take whatever comes our way. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else before I let you go this morning, mate? I think that's about it, mate. That's about it. All right. Well, uh, enjoy today. Enjoy tomorrow and have a great store sale on Friday, mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks very much. I'll look forward to talking to you next week. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Here's something that's new that I'm sure it's got a bit of a smile from farmers around 
WA and around Australia too, uh, because some research by WA's Curtin University Centre for Crop and Disease Management, well, they've found something. And the lead author, Joel Hayward, is here to explain. Joel, good morning there to you. Good morning. Now, I believe that you've, what, sort of found some molecules found in fungi. Can you talk us through this? Yeah, so um, the fungi that we looked at are mm. the ones that produce statins. And these are um, compounds that you take to lower cholesterol. Um, and what we found is that actually they are very effective herbicides in two model species. It really highlights the target that they inhibit, which yep. is a protein called HMG cholase reductase, as being a new herbicide target and one that's not on the market yet. Okay. Um, so hopefully we're looking to develop new compounds that develop that inhibit this target and uh, effective herbicides. So what will this mean for farmers then, Joel? Well, in the short term, um, not very much, (laughs) but hopefully in the long term, um, we can keep uh, looking for new types of fungi with the same statins uh, Mm. or new chemical statins that are not under any patents and then might be developed um, into herbicides, hopefully, if they're very effective. Um, And also we can look for new chemical entities targeting the protein itself, which are more plant-specific over human-specific. And again, looking for more herbicidal activity as again. So what plants are the statins sort of, say, targeting here, Joel? So we've targeted um, just a model dicot, which is Arabidopsis thaliana, and a monocot um, ETEF. We haven't done any field trials yet, but this is early data. So. It's really just about highlighting that this is a new protein target which hasn't been targeted by any of the other herbicide modes of action that are out there at the moment. Okay. Because what, you've been working on this for a few years now, haven't you? Yeah, so there's varying levels of complexity Mm. to the work that we've done. So we've also solved the crystal structure of the protein (laughs) target and we've shown that it's a a unique crystal structure compared to other ones. So it just means the molecule has a different shape to human ones. So it means that there's a potential for us to develop specific compounds that will inhibit that protein. All right. So uh, hopefully some uh, some wonderful news here. As you say, you've been working on it for a few years now. If you were to do the trials, whereabouts is there a spot that you're sort of looking around regional WA to do the trials? Um, That's a good question. So as yet, we're we're not into that stage of development yet. We're, we'll probably do um, just tests against our own in-house um, species, like we've got resistant ryegrass, brachypodium, and things like this, mm-hmm. and just keep and just get a feel for how effective um, these compounds are, and also any new compounds that we discover, because we've got different ways of assessing um, their activity. Uh, we can do you know, on-plant assays, yep. but we yep. can also do molecular assays as well. Um, so hopefully, we can take the most effective compounds, the most specific ones, and keep going and then do a wider range of species and see how effective they are. And then at that point, you know, we would be looking to commercialise with different companies if we could really find something that's really effective. Yeah, it's difficult to do field trials. Yeah. We're, we're doing this um, with a company at the moment. And okay. Yeah, there's all kinds of issues with rain and it, yep, the yep. weeds being the right size. <laughs> and things. So it's often, it might not just be in WA, it can be on the East Coast as well. It'd be certainly a game changer if it comes to fruition, wouldn't it? Yeah, hopefully it would be, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I don't want to... You don't uh, want to preempt anything, up, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, hopefully 
it would be um, a new mode mm. of action mm. for farmers and will just increase their arsenal for defeating weeds, really, because the resistance is rising and in known modes yeah. of action that we've got. So we need new modes of actions to come to market. So we might not need it right now, but maybe in 5, 10, 15 years, okay. it might be just the right thing. Have you heard back farmers. from any WA farmers on this news that you've put out? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, quite a lot of interest so far. Um, <laughs> A lot of people have coming back, and especially in the um, natural product sector, because we are trying to find natural products as well Okay, uh, from fungi. Um, there, there's a lot of organic farmer interest. I believe some farmers are going down the organic kind of line, so be great news all in all, pretty much. Yeah, I really, I really hope we mm, can um, yeah. we can keep going with this line of work, and um, it seems it's been. I would say it's not been on the forefront no. of academic research it's been mainly left to agrochemical companies yeah whereas if you look at human sector there's a lot of university spin-out companies coming to try and develop medical medical drugs right but there's not so many happening with the agricultural sector especially with herbicides and pesticides so we're looking to kind of develop that market especially here in wa it's really a really great market for us Dr. Joel Hayward hey mate uh, thank you for your time today keep working hard mate and hopefully we can get this done sooner rather than later. Yeah, I really hope so. (laughs) um, Yeah, we'll keep going. Good on you, Joel. Yeah, keep going, mate. Keep going. Cheers. The following interview on the Rural Focus podcast is a paid interview. A reminder, this may not be the right product for you and other goods and services may be available. Well, things are starting to get a little bit busy, really, aren't they? Uh, Especially on the roads. I've noticed it uh, on the drive-in to work with uh, the amount of road trains that are starting to carry things left, right and centre. And it's also going to get busy on the railway line as well. And a lady who's always been pushing for safer traffic control measures at level crossings is Lara Jensen. Lara, good morning to you and welcome back on Rural Focus. Good morning, Troy. How are you going? I'm not bad. Now, with these passive level crossing controls, I know that you've uh, put a letter into Main Roads. Have you heard back from Main Roads? Um, Yes, I I did send them a letter. I've received um, a response back from the Main Roads Managing Director, and and, uh, the information is limited, but it basically just said that they, um, Main Roads have recently commenced a review Mm. um, of use of giveaway controls at main level crossings across the state, um, and where the sightline requirements of the giveaway sign are not met, then apparently they're going to consider uh, making, a ch- uh, making a change in control from give way to stop. Why has it taken them so long? Um, oh, look, I think like all bureaucracies, you know, the, the wheels turn very slowly. And unfortunately, with government departments, it, it generally takes, um, you know, um, accidents in order for action to occur. Mm. Um, and I guess just to give you um, a, a bit of background on our sort of lack yep. of faith in terms of main roads reviews at Troy, we have had dealings with numerous of uh, numerous reviews, obviously over time um, related to this campaign. You know, for your listeners, I, I suppose who aren't aware, um, the Aramone Level Cross that claimed the lives of my brother and his friends in 2000. Um, it also claimed the life of another man just three years prior. And so um, as part of our coronial inquest, we had an independent consultant um, who gave evidence to that inquest um, into their death and concluded that the signage at the crossing, it wasn't sufficiently conspicuous to warn of the presence of a rail crossing. So despite one death already three years prior, that crossing was still not upgraded to a stop sign. And so it took four fatalities um, and 17 years before 
main roads commissioned lights at that particular crossing. And the, the, the reason I, I, I was requesting main roads, you know, replace the give way sign with a stop sign is that I have a real problem <laughs> with something as potentially fatal as the road rail, rail interface that is the passive level crossing having only a give way sign in place. And I believe that at the very least it should be a stop sign to give a motorist, you know, absolutely. the visual warning yeah, to come absolutely. to a complete stop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, you, you know, you throw the exhaustively documented problem that, you know, that I've spoken to you about on several occasions mm. of train lighting in the mix and you have a real problem. I mean, the, the, the fact is a motorist can't yield to an approaching train they can't see. So that's why I'll continue to, to campaign that at the very least they have a stop sign. They should also have flashing lights at every crossing, but I'd be happy with a stop sign in place of those giveaway signs um, and, until we can get those in place. And it will take some time, but we're not going anywhere, Troy, yeah. Why does it have to take so long? Can't um, these already be done just to change from yeah. a giveaway to a stop sign? Yeah, well, that's that. This is my argument, Troy. Is that there is no there's no price differential between a giveaway and a stop sign. So why wouldn't main roads want to give the motorist every available opportunity to come to a physical stop instead of just a giveaway? Because we know that train lighting or train visibility is a it's a well documented issue and it's a real problem out there. I mean, since I've been staying with my parents in Gamaling, I've had a good drive around here. A lot of these crossings on approach they're very mm. overgrown, and and this is another issue that the angle of these crossings is, is often quite obscure. And, and you're looking at different lighting conditions um, and, and also inclement weather like, you know, fog and heavy rain. Um, there's all these sorts of scenarios the motorists can face and there is really no excuse that <laughs> we've still got give, play, give way um, signage in place at these crossings in 2022. I mean, it, it's a railroad interface, mm. you know, potentially catastrophic <laughs> consequences when there's, there's an interaction. And I'm very concerned with, you know, the impending harvest. I, I guess, Troy, it's another bumper year, as we all know. And with that comes the the increase in in rail and and road in, you know road movements. Yeah, it's a busy agricultural time as we know, and and we just just want to sort of stop another accident happening to yeah other families. The thing that got me is uh, main roads say where signs do not meet sight line requirements that they will consider changing the crossing control. Well, don't consider it, just do it. <laughs> that is my argument. Yep, just scrap them completely. What are they there considering? There is no place. There is no place for a giveaway sign at a passive level crossing. I mean, it, it's just a complete joke. And and these reviews are also very difficult for us to take because mm. you know how many more people have to die. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it in our, takes one more. That, yeah, that's right. And and in our you know particular circumstances, yep, four yep. beautiful young people yep. gone just to get flashing lights. Seventeen years later, I mean, that is a classic case in point as to how how slow the wheel, wheels turn. Uh, Troy, I think. Do you just feel like you're you're beating your head against a brick wall? Yeah. yeah. Um, like Luckily, I signed up for a marathon, not a sprint, um, <laughs> in addition to all our other families. Like, we've had dealings with government departments and, you know, it, it's a multifaceted issue. And I've got a meeting with the regulator tomorrow. Okay. I'm not giving up, you know, I don't mind having a dialogue with these people, but they have to understand how serious this situation is. And if they choose to ignore it, then they have to live with the consequences. I personally can sleep at night because I'm doing all I can in conjunction with the other families that are part of this campaign. So we're giving it our all here to save another family. It's too late for our family members, but... You know, it's just it's just wrong, Troy, in this day and age. I mean, these crossings are no longer traversed by horse and cart. And the agencies involved with rail safety, they need to get out of the dark ages and get a wriggle on and do something before more lives are lost, particularly with harvest impending.
Well, it I, is. I think stopping all of this, they just should have put a stop sign in there in the first place. Yeah, well, I mean, you would have thought after the first young man uh, lost his life, um, they would have put a stop sign at the Yarramundi Level Crossing, but they didn't. He only had a triangular, um, you know, it was a triangular sign, um, you know, crossing yeah. sign, yeah. that was it. And, and then all my brother and his friends got a, you know, was a giveaway sign that was uh, obscured by vegetation anyway, you know. So the yeah. following morning after they were killed, the um, vegetation was extensively cleared around there. So we knew it was a problem. It was a notorious crossing. Do something. You know, it should have been done after the first young man lost his life. Absolutely. Yep. No, mm-hmm. change them all from giveaway to stop signs and then see how things go. But uh, yeah, yes. like at the very least, and, and we'll continue to campaign yep. for right. for the for the solar-powered um, crossings. And, and as you know, we've got a petition going at the moment. <laughs> Troy, we're, 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 you know, we're putting out all stops here. <laughs> we, we, are, we are concerned, and, and particularly if these harvests continue like they're, they're going. Um, mm, yep. Yeah, it, it, you know, the, the, the thing is that these rural families are really, that these are the people that are at the most risk of being impacted by these tragedies, if not their own family member, but part of their network. And, and you know, these communities, we know, never get over that. It's, um, it yeah, human, human life's a precious thing, and it's worth fighting for, isn't it? That it most certainly is. Well, keep fighting the good fight and see how we go. Thank you so much, Troy, as always, and, and really appreciate your interest and, and, your, your, and yeah, your support with this story. It, it really helps. We're, um, yeah, we're giving it all we've got and we're, we're getting battle-weary, but we'll, we'll never give up on it. Yeah, keep on doing what you're doing, Lara. You're doing uh, wonderful things, not just Lara, but uh, she's got a wonderful team behind her. I just sort of think it's, it sort of makes sense, really, doesn't it? Change the giveaway sign to a stop sign. That way people have to stop. Whether they do or not, it's up to the person behind the wheel. But nine times out of ten, you think that, well, the person behind the wheel will actually stop at that stop sign. But call me crazy, but that's just me. We're trying to keep everybody safe the best that we can, especially in this busy time with uh, harvest more or less starting very soon around regional WA. So, but it's, you know, it's our roads. Of course, we've got more trucks on the roads. Yes, we've got more trains trying to get this grain to port and everything else, not just here in WA, but uh, around Australia. So good luck to Lara and the team there. I've been Troy Stockton, and I'll have another Rule Focus podcast for you again very soon, right here on the Listener App.